We are back with another episode of Chasing Birdies. What's up, everyone? Hope y'all are well, my man. We're shaking. What's going on? Back for a big week. Thank you to everyone for tuning in to last week's Christmas special, and hopefully some of you went out and got those those gifts. But today's episode, uh, we're back for an interview, which is brought to you by Lynx Brewing. So go check them out at lynxbrewing.com. And they're, they're brewing something good right now for the boys that we tested this week. Mm. And uh, we're bringing something pretty tasty to your taste buds. Yeah, especially on a warm summer day, dude. That thing is oh. just going, it just goes down like water. And again, getting back on a golf course in the heat, all you mm-hmm. want is a cold beer. So today, I got to tell you, I think this is one of our best. I'm going to go out and say it. This is it our is best. our best. It is our best. So it, let's this is our out best there. interview. Our, our man, Colt Ford. He's coming to your ears. You've probably heard him uh, in the country music scene. He's written a lot of songs that you're familiar with, and then he played a lot of songs that you're familiar with. My man is dynamite. I mean, we've Dude. got we've got ups and downs in this interview, and it's so cool to see. It's such a such a really I don't know raw emotional interview to some degree. It's just expelling a lot of feelings, man. And the guy's good as good as gold. And you know that story with Dirt Road Anthem. You'll have to. St- Stay tuned for that at the at the end mm-hmm. of the episode. I mean, it is just badass, man. So mm-hmm. Colt, you're you're awesome, dude. You're he's awesome. the best, and and he's taken under under his wing a little bit. And mm-hmm. uh, my man, we're creating a little something for August 14th to 16th at Nemecolon. Which thank you again to Nemecolon for being a partner of the show. They allowed us to have Colt Ford on property for a couple of days with Josh Miranda, which we'll get into that. But again, yeah. five star through and through. Customer service is incredible. I just took the kids there for the elf tuck in, which Colt did not tuck my my kids in. Uh, Colt <laughs> Claus was not uh, present. But again, thank you to Nemecolon and stay tuned, guys. August fourteenth to sixteenth. If you want to book your rooms and get ahead of the game, it's going to be something you're not going to want to miss. Well, most people are probably just now maybe thinking about springtime and you're already yeah, booking but, you're already booking 2023 well, shit so yeah. but yeah I, I would say in another month or two y'all better start thinking but i think it's time we let this puppy out let's and, let it go uh, and there's a video and, yeah you'll have to get head on so over to chase birdies video. facebook page and youtube check the video out but enjoy this one as you all know by now chasing birdies is proud to be partners with holderness and born Check them out online at hbgolf.com. Holderness and Bourne makes fabulous pieces that help you look good on the course, even if your game is not up to par. Check out their new arrivals now for this golf season. Also, head on over to chasingbirdies.com to get some custom chasing birdie gear from Holderness and Bourne. We'll continue to drop these pieces through every season. That's chasingbirdies.com and Holderness and Bourne at hbgolf.com. Mr. Colt Ford, he's alive and well. I am. I don't know about well, but I'm alive. <laughs> there it is. That's all that matters. You're here. Yesterday, I was feeling like I fell down in a well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we, you know, the the guys were saying today when we, we got to the lobby and Josh and Pep were like, well, we already won because you part, your partner's out. And your I'm partner like, partner bailed. Oh, y'all can't. They'll, that's they'll a whole pass. They know what's going to happen tomorrow. It's well, fine. It's fine. Well, Josh is very excited. It's the first time he's ever won in golf, he said. So that may be the first time. He won one other time that he's that I've heard about a numerous amounts of times that he keeps talking about. It wasn't against me, but he's not going to live this one down. I'll tell you that much because 
he's a winner in his book. He said, all I had to do is get a cup of coffee and I win. He's a winner. Well, I, whatever you keep telling yourself, that. <laughs> he is a winner though. Well, he, he I, again, you guys don't want none of me and Ryan. Y'all come on. You're that's kidding a, yourself. That's right, man. That's right. I, I think I wanted some today. Tomorrow. It's on. Tomorrow we'll give but you another you got, chance. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. All right, guys. So we're here again in Nemecolon and we thank you for coming in, joining us here on Chasing Birdies, Cold Ford Country. Rapper, <laughs> does it all. Really good looking. Really good yeah. looking. Great so, back. Yeah. No, I've had a week back since at least a week back. <laughs> yeah. No, back's no good. So first off, again, thank you to Nemecolon for having us here and giving us opportunity to bring you to Nemecolon. In this place, unbelievable. Unbelievable. So it's my first time here. I've known obviously about the. Mr. Hardy, the 84 Lumber, I've known about all that, but I've never seen this property. And to get here now, I'm literally, like, planning, like, okay, when can I come back yeah. mm-hmm. and just hang out? Like, I, it's that good. I met the staff, the people, the grant. I mean, it's as I was riding over here with Tom, who I guess has, you know, been here for a long time. I was like, this property is amazing, and I've only seen a little bit of it, really, and I'm just, I, I want to come back and hang out. Yeah, it's... it's. I want to come back. I want to be the elf and do that elf tuck-in thing. Ah. Yeah. For adults, though. I don't for know. That it might scare kids to death, but yeah, for adults. Hey, the elf tucking. Here's Colt Ford. He's your elf today. He's going to read yeah. you a little story, put you Got to bed. And, I, I, uh, I'll read you a story. So how, how'd you get Colt Ford as a name? You know, uh, it was one of those things. I met Jason Brown, obviously, is my real name. A lot of people know that. They know how to work the Google on the internet machine. Uh, <laughs> I, my Jessica, my ex-wife, just goes, what about Colt Ford? And I was like, it's the most American thing I've ever heard. And I called a buddy of mine and he's like, yeah, that's it. So there, there we are. Yeah. Here we is. I love that's, it. Uh, yeah, it. It is American as you can get. It yeah, is American. Pretty American. Yeah. I mean, if you name your kid that you're pretty much setting him up for it to be <laughs> a superstar or, or, failure. or not, <laughs> <laughs> or probably a dismal failure. So we were talking, you know, obviously last night in, in your first single that came out was when you were 38 years old. Were you grinding from 20 to 38, or is it something that you just picked up, you know, three years before that where you were songwriting? It's funny. So a lot of people are like, man, this happened so fast for you. I'm like, yeah, like 35 years is all it took. I met, yeah. I, I, I've played music my whole life, and I've played sports and golf my whole life. I had golf and baseball scholarships, and I was lucky to be a college All-American and, and turned professional, and I won several tour events that's all I ever wanted to do was play golf and music and I was too hard-headed to be told that I couldn't which I was told that a bunch but I never could turn music off so people ask me why I chose one versus the other well in golf if you're good enough nobody can stop you from making a living I mean they don't get to play defense on you or whatever right. I mean, so it's if you you're good enough you can you can make it and in music everybody including all the listeners I'm sure have gone to a bar or whatever and seen somebody open and go wow that's that guy or that girl's as good as I've ever seen. And you go back to that same bar three years from now and they'll be singing along right there. And you're just like, man, what are you doing? Whether they couldn't afford to chase it or they were scared or there was other obligations, the right person didn't hear them. So it's not always about talent in music. I mean, obviously, clearly I've been making music for 15 years. I mean, I've got bound just pure good looks mostly, but uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's just, That's it's hard it. to, you just don't know. So I could never turn it off, though, music. Right. I always kept writing. I always kept working. I'd write songs for other people or trying. And then finally, I just was like, all right, I'm going to just try one more time. And everybody, 
was like, you're out of your mind. I mean, you got wife at the time, kids, like you're put, you're, you're crazy. And mm-hmm. I just, I wouldn't listen. Just like my mama said, I was hard headed and here yeah, I am getting ready to put are, out my right? eighth album. Yeah. It worked out all right. It's worked out all right. Being hard headed has helped it's you a helped, little bit. It's helped me a time or two. Yeah. Not always. And that's, but. again, that's back to the concept of chasing birdies. You were chasing birdies in your songwriting career. And even though people doubted you, you. Yeah. I mean, and that's, again, that's one of the things I loved about what y'all are doing and, and the theme of what you're doing. It's, it's not just golf. It's chasing birdies, chasing birdies in life. It's chasing your dreams or mm-hmm. things that you're passionate about. And we can't encourage people enough to do that. Cause yeah. nowadays so many people are being told, don't do that. You can't do that. You're not capable. It's like, right. no man, don't, don't let them tell you that. Nah. Just keep, keep grinding, keep pedal plugging. to the metal. Keep fighting for it. I mean, and, and people ask me all the time, they're like, why do you work so much? I'm like, somebody's working somewhere. Yeah. I mean, they might be better than me, but they ain't going to outwork me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's just the way I go about it. And that's what I love about what you guys are doing. You're both very successful in other careers, but you love golf. You love chasing birdies. And now you've turned this into another thing that's, that's just a wonderful thing and fun to do. Well, like I Ben Hogan that. said, the harder you work, the luckier you get. Yeah, I mean, that's what, you know, that's so. Gary Player that about holding a bunger shot manually is like, yeah, the more I practice, the luckier I get. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of truth to that. A lot it is, of truth it to is that. true. And the harder you work, the luckier you get. It, it doesn't, you know, and people get it. Well, it doesn't always happen like that, but I guarantee if you're not working it hard at it, it normally ain't going to happen. No, for you. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. you got to get out there and get after it, man. Just, and just grind. And, that, and that's the thing about golf, man. We, you, you, we could sit out here on the range all day and be hitting it perfect. And then you go to the course and you go, dude, I was just hitting it so good on the range. I tell people all the time, like, you know, it, it's purely a mindset. And I know y'all are familiar with Dr. Bob Rotella. Mm-hmm. I think you've been on yeah, the show. Yeah, he was on the show, yep. So I went to work with Doc when I was like 23 or 4 years old when I was getting ready to turn pro. And that's the thing. Like, you you don't realize it's mostly mental. I just saw some friends of mine the other day. They're like, man, I was hitting it great on the range. I was like, well, what's the difference in hitting it on the range or hitting it over here? Yeah. Your mind is what's different. I mean, all of a sudden now it's, oh, there's water. Oh, there's hazard. Oh, there's wind. Oh, what did I bet Ryan? Oh, what did I bet John? Yeah. And, you know, it's like all those factors instead of just look and hit your golf ball. I mean, it doesn't make any difference. The movie Hoosiers, he measured that hoop. You know, he said, boys, it's 10 feet here. Same as a 10-foot in our gym. So, you know, come on. Let's go. Yeah. No, it is. It's all mental, man. Yeah. And I think that's where – the pros can separate themselves. Well, you were a pro golfer. You played on nationwide tour. Yeah, I've, I've played a lot with some of the best players in the world. Yeah. And, and, and one of the things with me with my golf career now, playing golf, I don't think the way I thought when I was a golfer. My mental game was completely different. And the way I approached life and everything in a lot of ways was completely different when I was playing golf and that focused on that. And now I'm like, I can get into it for 12 or 13 holes a lot of times. And then I kind of, wander off right. and you know oh, butterflies. butterflies oh yeah. look at that yeah. girl whatever you know whatever it's like that's my just, partner just kind of lose track and then it's like you can't do that when you're trying right. to put a good score up. yeah you, you can't do that and yeah. that's what people don't realize they they only know colt ford the musician they they don't realize that how good you were. are and were, were. at golf <laughs> every now and then it shows uh all american as you said nationwide tour and then you were a club pro for for a while through through all of that, were were you kind of like, oh, man, I'm not on a nationwide tour, I'm done with golf type thing? Well, you get to a point, especially when I was playing uh, mini tour golf and everything at that time was if you broke even for the year, you had golfed your ball 
I meant like just on expenses. If you could break even, like there was just not enough money out there. I mean, if it wasn't top 10, it just, it wasn't, it wasn't making any money, you know, and there's many a times like even Hooters tour or something where I go out and shoot 14 under for the week and they hand you a nice check for $680 and you're like, okay, 14 under six. I mean, I spent a thousand, only 400 in the hole, you know, (laughs) it's like, that's the, that was life of many tour golf. Mm-hmm. And, uh, just went, and now it's changed a lot. So corn Ferry tour, you can make some, you can make you can a make living out there before you could just couldn't when I was playing and you know, you're always, you go to tour school or whatever you miss at the finals. What are your one swing away from playing for a million dollars and playing for a thousand dollars? And that's, that's really the truth of it. And guys don't get it twisted. Guys are good enough to be out there. It's just, you know, you go watch a corn fairy tour or you go watch many tours anywhere and you go, wow, why is that guy not, uh, I, you know, it's just a lot of, a lot yeah. of things, a lot of variables there. So you've played golf, as you mentioned, with a lot of high end golfers, athletes, celebrities to you. What's the difference between a, a PGA tour player? And I'll use somebody like John Daly, who I know is a very good friend of yours and, yeah. and uh, absolute beauty. He's awesome. What's the difference between somebody like John Daly and Ryan Bashar, besides, well, height, besides height. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, and John's white. pants are bigger than you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, Ryan plays good, swings good. I mean, again, it's just you'd have to, to play to the next level. You'd have to shut down every other thing you do. Yeah. And instead of going oil and gas and chasing that and, you know, and, and real estate and trying to move property, you'd be trying to move that dirt right yeah. out there on the range. That's and it, man. There ain't no secret. And the thing of it is you could do that all day and still not get there. That's what's, that's what is tough. Like you could work that hard and grind all that way and go, yeah, I mean, I just ran out of money. I would have liked to have kept playing. I had a couple of surgeries and I would have liked to have kept playing and was still very good enough to keep playing. It was just, it's expensive out there too. There's no, you know, when I was playing, you had to either have the money yourself or you try to get some local people sponsor, in your town yeah. to sponsor you. And there wasn't any, you know, big manufacturers or anybody sponsoring anybody that wasn't, right. at a, you know, already out there. So, you know, my dad was just a little used car dealer in Georgia. And, you know, we he didn't have indoor plumbing till he was 18 years old. So, Damn. I, yeah. you know, he, he helped me. My parents helped me as long as they could. And then you get to a point, you're like, wow, man, it can cost you. 40, 50, 60, $100,000 a year to play out there. By the time you do travel expenses mm-hmm. and all that, it's like sometimes you just. So you eat at your favorite restaurant a lot, huh? The Waffle House then? The Waffle House. I'm a fan. Yeah. I, I'm a fan. It's a good you spot. Love I even made a song about it. Kind of crazy song, but it's fun. You wrote a song about the Waffle yeah, House? Yeah, on my first ever, uh, first record, there's a song called Meet Me at the Waffle House. <laughs> it's kind of an underground kind of cult favorite that's awesome yeah it's fun i play a little piece of it every night because they'll yell at me if i don't so (laughs) so tell us a little bit about your relationship with john daly i know that you guys are very close yeah and uh in golf in in the music scene but more importantly he's a best friend to you john daly is uh he's one of those people if you don't know john and you've never got to spend any time with him it'll be your loss for probably for the rest of your life you don't realize what a special person he is He's the sweetest guy in the whole world. And he is, honestly, if you ask most guys 45, 46 and older that have played for a living or played a lot of golf with John, who's the most talented guy you've ever seen, I I would bet you big money that 9 out of 10 would say him for pure raw ability. He is just, 
he's just one of those unbelievable people that I, he's like the eighth wonder of the world to me. I've never seen nothing like it. He can, he can not, we can play in Nashville. He'll be out till very late or at least up till very late. Maybe get an hour of sleep, walk out on the first tee, still feeling it. No practice swing, no nothing. Hit it 315 right down the middle with a cigarette Let's go hanging get it, out of his mouth and barefooted. And you're like, what are you, how do you do that? I don't understand. I mean, it's I, just, it's, well, I'm dude. like, I, this morning I can't even get out of bed. I mean, I played nine holes and I can't walk. And he, if you'd have told me to swing as hard as I could on the first tee this morning, <laughs> I'd gone, well, just shoot me. I can't do that. I mean, and he's just, he's been such a good friend to me. We've known each other since we were dang near kids. And, uh, he, he's been a great friend and he's honestly, John's one of those guys. that's a great friend to everybody, man. Some people will let you down. John Daly just doesn't let you down, man. If he told you yeah. he'd do it or he told you he'd show up, he, he just turns up and you, you got to have a lot of love and respect for somebody Hell like yeah. that. And sometimes it costs him, him and I are very similar in personalities. We always want to take care of our friends or our, or our people. I mean, it's just, we're both kind of have that subservient attitude of like, I want to help people. I, I want to see people win. I'm happy yep. for that. So he's like that too. And then sometimes it ends up being you that pays the cost for it. Cause you're constantly right. trying to help and you end up not kind of taking care of yourself or whatever. And, uh, you know, every now and then you do have to be selfish. I mean, but, uh, he, he just one of those guys that always says yes and tries to help people. And, uh, I'm I'm damn proud to call him a friend. And That's glad, awesome. Glad I know him. That's so you awesome. played Old Hickory a good bit with him? Yeah, we play a lot out there. A lot of singers and songwriters out there. A lot yeah. of guys playing golf in Nashville now. Man, golf is just coming full circle, man. It was great. You know, if anything, the pandemic, as bad as it was for so many other things, for the game of golf, it was, uh, I think it was it was booming. It was a shot in the arm that the game really needed, and mm-hmm. on a lot of levels. So mm-hmm. that, I think you know to try to find some sort of positive in it. And think about all the the young guys now coming up in Nashville. You know the the young singers. Yeah, they know. I mean, they play golf. I mean, guys. A lot golf. of guys didn't start playing until they were older. Right. And they were like, okay, I'm slowing down a little bit, play a little golf, and uh, now it's like, okay, everybody's playing. So for you, with your love of golf and your music successes, what's the parallel for you with golf and the music industry? Right. Like for the most part, they are individual. I mean, like when I'm standing on the first tee or standing on the stage. Nobody can save you. It's me. I mean, if, if I say the wrong word, I can, you know, I just say the wrong word. There ain't no way around you it. You roll with Some, it, right? Yeah. I mean, you just sometimes, I got a cool little trick that when I'll forget the word sometimes. Shit happens. It's the yeah. way it goes. I mean, but I'll start tapping on my mic or something and my crew, like something's wrong with a microphone and my crew guy, I'll run out there and bring you, I forgot the words, huh? And hand me another mic. Like, and I'm like, yeah, thanks. And I go back over there and shut up. <laughs> yeah, I'm mean, like, yes, I forgot the words. It happens. It happens. So golf, you can't do that. Though. <laughs> no, that's just, hilarious. I can't look at the drummer and go, oh, it's, you know, I need to adjust it a little bit. <laughs> well, yeah, what what was it like with COVID hitting in the music industry? It, it was real. It, it destroyed our industry to a certain extent. I mean, there's a lot of artists and musicians that you'll never hear from again that were really good and had real potential to make it, and they just had to they had to go down another road. And it, it's sad. I mean, I paid my guys the first couple months out of my pocket and then got a little PPP money. And then all of a sudden, August comes along. I'm like, I ain't got no money. Like, yeah. And it was, it. I had to start an antidepressant like during the mm-hmm. pandemic. I'm a pretty happy dude normally. Like, I don't, and it was just killing me. Not one, because I play a lot. Two, because these guys, these are my family. These are my brothers. Like, it's not a hobby for them. This is mm-hmm. what they do. So all of a sudden, I can't pay these guys i mean like they oh, don't man. have anything else to do and it wasn't like you could just go well i'll work go mm-hmm. work here there was 
there was nothing else to do. So it, it was tough, but we, I got a good bunch of guys that, you know, I fought and scratched and clawed every penny I could and did a couple of different things during the pandemic to make sure that my guys could still eat and, uh, and we're back at it again. So that's, that's awesome. Blessed for that. And you're busier than ever right now. Too. Oh, he- Boy, I'm gonna tell you what. Uh, I'm getting a little old to be working this um, to to work this hard as I'm going right now. But it, everybody's trying to catch up, and I understand that. The truth is, though, you can never catch up. What we lost in 2020 is gone. Yeah, you know, you make double buggy in the first tee, you can't make it up. You yeah. can get back to even par, but you've still lost those two shots. Summer. Yeah. So at the same time, now we just got to go. Let's start working back forward eyes forward and trying to build back up instead of trying to just chase it all you're not gonna yeah. get it all back at one you just got to get your plan yeah. and routine and start that grind again so for your music career obviously your first your first single was the hello world tiger yeah, woods yeah. type thing right um but where where next in your music career are you like wow i have something i'm someone let's go get it i put the first record out uh right through the country honestly i wrote the record and recorded it in about two weeks like the whole record yeah the whole thing like it was just in there like i didn't know it was in there because a lot of my music that i chased for a long time i would chase oh, that's working i'll try that you know like golf go oh he's a hot teacher i'm gonna try that oh stack and tilt i'll try that yeah, yeah. instead of yeah. going with what you know and so what it when it came out of me it just it just came out of me and it was really fast so my first show was at a at valdosta georgia at uh this fourth of july my best friend Shannon, who's the CEO of our record label, he had a connection there. It's where he's from. The guy at the radio station said, I'll play it some. We'll have Colt at this little Fourth of July thing. We normally have five or six hundred people out there and it'll be cool. It was my first show, like real show, band cram. Get out there, there's about four thousand people there. <laughs> like it was I, I mean, it was crazy and all of a and and it, two days before I start dealing with a kidney stone. Oh, so I got a kidney stone that's hammering me and I don't wish those on people I don't like, but it's killing me. And now all of a sudden I got four, I, I got done with the show at about eight thirty, so that they could do the fireworks. I was still signing autographs at one o'clock in the morning. Holy that's how many people, we sold every piece of merch we had. I meant everything. And it was like, Oh, that's okay. It. Here we I, go. I, there's something here. Like these people, I've only been played on this one radio show. Like these people know. I mean, this was MySpace days. So uh, MySpace, yeah. yeah but you had a nice like, profile over there. MySpace yeah, profile. I mean, not like, a great MySpace profile. But. It was you. You weren't on my. You weren't even old enough to be on MySpace. Yeah, you were. Hey, Colt. Come on, my man. He, his backdrop on MySpace profile was him standing in front of the uh, backdrop with the, oh, the garbage right. bag. Uh, with the, the rock star. The, the rock star. The, the, the graduation party. Yeah, shut down, man. My man, your dad did <laughs> Three, you wrong with yeah, that. I'll be honest. One song in. Yeah, one song in. He pulled the plug. And that That's was like, right. you know, the the adrenaline. Like I, I was. I mean, in front the of, adrenaline in front of twenty people. I'm going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get him 12. up on stage with me. I'm going to get Ryan up on stage with me. Oh, sometime. I love so it. We're going to come back here and play a show. Yes, oh, yeah. I got to have you on stage. And yeah. We're going to full on rock out. Yeah, I'll play a song. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'll be the guitarist. Yeah, we're going to full on rock out. Uh, for hell sure. yeah, man! I love I love to feel that rush. That's what Josh was saying. I guess he got on stage with you, dude. Yeah, um, I took him out on the road with me some and. uh yeah. Dirt, I think he did said dirt, we were doing road, dirt anthem. road anthem. Yeah, yeah, and it you know all of a sudden like there's no way to explain that feeling that's, to somebody. Well, that's how I was going to ask stage you. Feeling, yeah. That was a question I was going to ask you. You've played on both sides of it, right? You've yeah. played on the the golf side. Yeah. Okay. Adrenaline is not necessarily good in golf. No, it can hurt you there. The music side, it's like let's let's go. Yeah, and it can also get away from you there too. I mean, I remember the first time I played Denver. 
there's a big honky tonk there called Grizzly Rose. It's one of the great honky tonks around the country. A couple thousand people can fit in there. And uh, I had sold it out my first time there. And that was when I weighed about 330. I mean, I've lost a Ryan since then. I mean, uh, that, and so, but I didn't, I just wasn't thinking about elevation and all right. that shit. I didn't know. And so I'm jacked up because of this crowd. And I go out there and first three songs and I get on our talkback mic, which talks to the guys in the band. I'm like, I think I'm having a heart attack. And they're like, calm down. You're, the elevation is real. Oh, yeah, I got you. You going. have to drink water and you're drinking Mountain Dew and you're an idiot. Like, I mean, so it took me a minute to go, oh, okay, that's what it is. I thought I was dying. But I couldn't help it. I was just so excited. Sometimes that happens. You, you know, you, you get that excited in golf. You get that excited as well. You just have to learn how to control it. Right. Manage that adrenaline. And you'll see that out on the course where you guys are going. Now they're doing that whoop. Thing, yeah. Whatever it is, it's pretty my cool man, to, see, my man ever here. to see somebody, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. I was in the red today, his, by the way. Yeah, his, yeah. his heart rate spikes at weird hours of the day, so whatever. I'm cooler than a polar bear's toenails. So <laughs> we good. I love it. <laughs> so... Sorry. <laughs> no, that's a great one. Uh, that's what we were saying. We're like, man, my man's got these like one-liners oh, that are just. Dynamite. <laughs> I got some that are really good. We some won't... that are really good, just not always appropriate. The one, you, <laughs> the one you told Jack Nicholas. We're not going to say it on air here. Please but, don't. But that was fantastic. I'm repping Mr. Nicholas's shirt. I uh-huh. sent him a message this morning. I was like, I'm representing today, buddy. By the way, they're milkshakes at yeah. Muirfield. Oh, uh, same as Castle Pines, Muirfield. Yeah, make a puppy pull a freight train. My <laughs> God. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that dynamite. shit is some dynamite, dynamite. I, I was able to see it before I came here to visit with you guys. I was down in Jupiter, and I played golf with Gary, his son. We grew up playing junior golf in college and professional golf together, and we've been friends a long time. And Mr. Jack came out and hung out for a few holes and hung around with us. And it's just always a treat to be in the pre- just in the oh presence God. of him, even if you never even got to speak to him. Like, you get near him, and like the goosebumps. Your goosebumps. He's just – He's really did he did he hit any balls? No, he didn't hit any that day. He hurt himself playing pickleball. (laughs) I'm like, only I eat pickles out of the jar, not (laughs) not chasing a little gigantic plastic ping pong ball. But he's still tough like that. Like he didn't go on a hunting trip. But right before we got down, I was like, you must be hurt if you did because he loves. He's a big hunter and fisher, right? He's just a great him and Miss Barbara. Just good lord, what what an absolute amazing couple of human beings they are. Their whole family is. Is just great, just a great family. Man. Wonder what he thinks of how the game has evolved in terms of from where he was to where it is now relative well, to drivers. Well, bud, you experienced it yesterday. Yeah. You hit a persimmon. Well, that's, that's what, what I mean. he was like, using for how long? Now these guys, you can tow it in twist face. It, it's there's no. I mean, right. the difference is so. I think they crazy. just did a test not long ago. USGA, uh, my buddy Stu Francis, who's the who's the president of USGA now. I think they tested like persimmon driver from eighty five, uh, eighth of an inch off center was forty six yards. It's insane, man. Uh, eighth of an inch off center with new drivers is six yards. I mean, that's why I practice. So I mean, I I learned to play a different game. I grew up playing a different game. I had a balada golf ball that curve fifty yards if you so wanted it to or sometimes didn't want it to i meant like it's just you, very seldom different. did i ever swing as hard as i could and i know i play a lot of celebrity events and the at&t i'm friends with a lot of tour players these young guys they don't have really but one speed and it is high gear they just send it i'm sure you've looked at your golf history guy but you look at the 40s and 50s ben hogan 
back then he was hitting at 255, 260 with the percentage. With something that didn't look like much more than a marshmallow that we'd like to put on a stick and yeah. a fire. I mean, yeah. So, number one, how strong was he back then? And then number two, the difference right now is in, I mean, people are hitting their three woods 300 yards right now. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Uh, Kevin Kisner, a good friend of mine, plays on tour. I've known since he was a kid. You know, Kiz, I was talking, he goes, pro. I'm playing whatever tournament last week, and I'm trying to decide if I got to hit this six iron hard or not. And he goes, I'm listening to this rookie over here asking his caddy if nine irons too much. And it's just like, no. I, you know, I mean, again, it's if a you whole saw different game. the Ryder Cup, how many times have uh-huh. you ever seen a player, two tour players, and one guy hitting three or four irons lower than a tour? That doesn't happen. And Sergio is as good an iron striker of the top, golf ball. Top three. Of all time. And hits irons a long way. Mm-hmm. And Bryson's hitting three clubs difference than him. That's, that's that's insane. I don't even know. I mean, it's hard. To, I can't even wrap my head around that. Yeah. I mean, like, it's just. So, for you, let's just say that, you know, this whole Bryson-Brooks thing, I don't see it would ever happen in something like country music. You know what I mean? But for you, if that was happening in your work of art, what, do you reach out to them and say, hey, guys, come on. Like, this is. I mean, I I hadn't really had too much issues with anybody. I mean, every now and then, I'm sure you can't like everybody. I'm sure, right. you know. I mean, which is okay. No, so that's what? Fair. I mean, I think them too. That's fun. It's funny to me. Like I don't see some people are making it more serious than other. I'm like, it's funny. Who cares? Right. I mean, yeah. Like it's not like they're now. I don't like when you start heckling a player on the court. That that's not that's not cool. But I meant uh, when they're trying to hit. But I mean, as far as it just. I think those it's fun. Two, it's yeah, exciting. those two going back. We could use a little more flavor like that yeah. on, the, on the tour. It gets no, a little that's... boring sometimes. But in music, like, I don't know, you just got to kind of remember, like, some sometimes you, the internet allows you to think you can say stuff about anybody, whatever. Like, I, I ain't that dude. Like, if you say certain things, I'm about to, sh- I'm going to turn up. We're going to, we're going to see if you really, if you really mean what you say. <laughs> I mean, at some point, I, that's the, what, just the way I am. I'm not going to tell Jim and tell Jack. I'm just going to, I'm just gonna pull up. And we're gonna see what the deal is. We'll figure it out. So I, I, that's just <laughs> me at the Waffle House, me. right? Yeah, whatever. Waffle House, Dirt Road, whatever. Your mama's house. I don't care. <laughs> it don't matter to me. I just, I just front door. I try to keep it, you know, honest with people and tell them the truth. Truth's not a hugely popular thing always. <laughs> so you mentioned Dirt Road when you wrote that song. You wrote it with? Did you write it with Jason Aldean? No, no. I wrote it with Brantley Gilbert. Brantley Gilbert. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. When you wrote that, were you like, this is... Oddly this enough, is- no. Wasn't like that at all. Had no idea. When Br- Brantley and I, I was meeting, picking Brantley up. It was cold as heck in Georgia, which was... Re- and Brantley didn't even have a car at the time. He just had his Harley. And we were going to go write with a good friend of ours, Mike Deacle, that is a guy from Athens that's written songs for Kenny Rogers. Been a songwriter for a long time, and I've known my whole life, and Brantley had met him, and he kind of mentored us. We were going to write with him, and I went to pick Brantley up to go eat lunch before we went to write. And when I got there, Brantley goes, hey, man, what do you think? He's playing this little riff on the guitar. And we wrote Dirt Road Anthem in about 30 minutes. And we were like, cool, let's go eat, and then we're going to go write with Mike. And we didn't think anybody would care anything about it. We didn't know what. And then we recorded it. We went and wrote for six hours that day. And I don't even remember what we wrote. I don't know what song that was. But I put Dirt Road Anthem on my first record, and Brantley was singing the chorus on there. And we came back and played it for some people, and people were like, what? What is this? And then, you know, here we are. Jason Aldean cuts it, and it's almost 10 million singles, which is a called, called Diamond. Yeah, and there's very few singles that have been Diamond. I mean, very few. So 
really lucky. When you guys wrote it, Josh was explaining that it goes on hold. Well, no, that is a normal process. This didn't yeah. because I was the artist. It was on my first record. Oh, uh, so then everybody Ald- heard it for the first time on my record. So then Aldean out. took it, or yeah, you so sold it to Aldean? No, or? you don't sell it. I mean, you could technically right, right. sell a song, but I, that's not how I did it. We were out on the road, and his his producer, Michael Knox, is a guy that I know very well, and Jason and I knew each other. We are friends, me, him, Brett. We're all from Georgia. So I was actually out opening for Jason right when he was really – he was already successful, but he was kind of mid-level. And he was getting – and it was right before Big Green Tractor and She's Country. Like, it, the the fuse had was about to be lit. And we were playing – I'll never forget, I think Florence, South Carolina. And I got done doing the show, and we were sitting back there after the show, and he's like, Man, it's crazy to hear 10,000 people sing a song that has never been on the radio. Like, you know, I'm doing so that song was never on the radio no, before. They, he... The radio has never really played me very much. I've never had a song in the top 40. So, hmm. which, never. what's the reasoning for that? Man, as if an I knew it, I'd tell you. I have begged and done everything they've ever asked me. When I first came out, you know, obviously they were like, he's country rap. That's not, I mean, crazy stuff. I'm like, look, recitation records been around before I was even, before the term rap was ever even born. And I promise you, I know my hip hop history. I go back to the beginning of that. So it's like, what do you, there were songs like hot rod Lincoln and smoke, smoke that cigarette. I meant like, I don't know what to tell you, except it's words in a song that rhyme in a cadence. I, well, you call it whatever you want to, but that was around before I was even born. I meant devil went down to Georgia Wyclef Jean, who I, I've met a couple of times, he's like, ah, that's the first time I ever heard a rap song. And it was Devil Went Down to Georgia. It's like, what? what? He goes, yeah. And you grew up in the islands. They had a Jamaican, you know, they had a reggae station. They had a country station. He's like, that's the first time I ever heard anything like that. I was lucky to meet Biggie a long time ago when I was doing some work with Jermaine Dupree. And he was like, man, I love my, learn my storytelling from my mom who loved like Waylon Jennings and old Johnny Cash, old country music, because that was what was in the islands, reggae and that. And so she would play those records. So it's like, it's not as far apart as anything is, not to get into the political thing right. of the climate of the world today. I don't get into that. But I meant, neither are we. None of us people are that far apart mm-hmm. as the media and all these people keep trying to tell us, man. Everybody, we come from different backgrounds. We want the same thing, good stuff for our family and our kids. And Hell I, yeah. It, it ain't, it's not what they, you know, like to make it out to be. So music's a great blend of that it can trend you know it transcends kind of politics religion mm. stuff that's awesome to me yeah, yeah for sure i mean that song though so whenever i did not to talk about it much longer no it's good well so i got he, sidetracked there so jason yeah after that he was like man it's crazy that they know you know and i'm like yeah and i'm getting ready to put out my at least my second album after that so it's not like i'm going back to dirt road anthem so uh his producer michael knox said jason you need to you need to cut this song and he was very nervous about it first because they hadn't, you know, mm. they weren't playing me doing it. So it didn't, but I mean, Jason's a different thing. And uh, he cut the song. He almost said, called me and said he couldn't do it. He just couldn't say it like I say it. I was like, well, don't say it like I say it. Say, say it like, like you, you say it. it. I yeah. mean, like I, I have a different kind of pattern or right. cadence. I mean, the lyrics are saying, but I mean, I just, I feel it differently. It's no different than working on a golf swing. Some guy, you could show it to him. Some guy, you got to move his body. Some yep. guy, you can just tell whatever makes them feel it. And then he cut it and it's, you know, the rest is history. I mean, biggest selling song of his career. I think it more than doubles any other song he ever had. And uh, it's just one of those things. It was a real blessing. And it, it caused a little controversy at first because 
we have a lot of the same fans, me and Brantley and Jason. We're all from Georgia. But at first, you know, fans that don't understand the business are like, what do you, Jason stole the song. He can't, I mean, it's like, no, 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 he didn't steal the song. He can't steal it. It, it, it helped Brantley and I pay for our kids' college and everything. Hell we were yeah. happy he did it. So. So, does, so does he come to you and say, hey, I, are you okay with me putting, putting this out there? Or? Truthfully, they don't have to, but Jason did because that's the kind of guy he is. He knew how underground popular that song was. He knew the attachment to it, right. to the fans. To like, like, this is ours. We found this. We, we supported Colton Brantley. They're not on the radio. You know, it's that – that underground feeling like this is my these are our guys and he didn't have to because once you put a song out for sale you can record it you can record it you can't change the integrity or the lyric of the song but you can record it i can't stop you Uh. nothing i can do about it i mean i y'all have to pay me my royalties and writer's fee and all that but there's nothing i can do to stop the song i didn't know that so that being said jason did not have to do that but he did he did call he's like hey man i I think i want to try to do this are you cool with it i'm like yeah, I've never, I, I'm like, of course. I mean, you, you know, and it worked out that's, really good. That's crazy really good. how that works. Shit, man. That's crazy Jason Birdies, baby. It's that, cool, though. Amen Really that. blessed. So, and what people don't understand either for, for yourself is that you write all of your mu- your own music, yeah, right? Yeah, mostly, yeah. Yeah, and produce it and do all of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, there's all different ways to do it. I mean, and that's fine. I just, that happens to be the way I do it. And I tell young artists all the time, like, I want to write my own stuff. I'm like, awesome. As long as your own stuff is what they want to hear. You know that's what? Great. <laughs> you know what's cool about you, Colt? And I've I've learned this in the short period of time that I've known you. But you, uh, number one, you like to see people succeed. I do. I like to see people uh, win, which is awesome. But number two, you love the collaboration. Um, it's fun. You told me yesterday you you just did a song with Kevin Gates. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I did a song with I, Kevin Gates, and it's cool. I love that. Yeah. I love that. That that he and you could put something out and, and, and it seemed to work together because yeah. you'd look at it from the outside and go, wait, what's happening here? I mean, and that's what, that's again, what I love about doing the collaborations. So the truth of the matter is the fans do love it. The problem is people in the industry that think they know, you know what, that's, what's amazing. Most of the people controlling the industry, I ain't never really done shit in the industry. I mean, it's not like they were a former star and they know how everything works and how, I mean, they know the business side of it. But when you start talking about that, that's a more, that's a personal Personal feeling, feeling. man. Like, I mean, so Kevin ain't going to just do a song because I, I don't know him like that. I mean, it's not like I just sent him a song like, you're going to do this. I mean, it's like, well, he has to like it. That's very much how he is. I'm not going to do a song unless, and everybody I've worked with, I'm like, Will this work for you? Because and some people have said, "Well, if that's the one you want me to do," I'm like, "No, no, no, no. This is going to be us. I want it to be the one that you want us to do." Yeah, it has to be like that. Yeah. I mean, so it that uh, it's been so cool to do those collaborations and yeah. to, with different people that you're like, "Wow, I wouldn't think that would be cool." I mean, and I've been so lucky and so humbled to have I mean the biggest artist in the world do a song with me i don't have them i'm on an independent small record label like i don't have the money to go oh i'm and and i only want to do it organically so that i could probably do some more songs if you were willing to pay and just not even have you might not even ever know this person you did a song with i'm like i ain't doing that mm-hmm. it has to mean something to me it has yeah. to be i gotta feel that so you uh you're also an entrepreneur i mean you, you own a label uh you own an ad agency yeah. film company you're in, you're part of squares yeah 
I mean, so you you just got your hands in a lot of things, and that's chasing birdies, man. Yeah, that's what I love. You know, meeting you guys, it's like, well, this isn't, you know, a couple of kids that were sitting around in their mom's basement. So if you want to make a podcast, these two guys that are out here hustling like crazy and have super successful careers in completely opposite of what we're doing here. Yeah. But that, again, and golf is a cool sport like that. Like, it unifies people a little bit like music. You know, I met some of my other athlete friends. I met play like golf with Ray Allen. Well, it's not going to be much fun if me and Ray Allen play one-on-one. I meant like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, you don't have a handicap system like you do in right. golf. And people all the time are like, oh, I don't want to play with you, Cole. You're so good. I'm like, I, that's what makes golf great. Yeah. You get 20 handicapper. I can be scratched. We can still have a competitive match against yeah. one another. Yeah. If if, if, if Ray's out there going all in and I'm going all in, it's not going to be a competitive match. He's going to have to tie one hand behind his back and wear two left shoes or something like I. That's golf. Doesn't it's not. Yeah. Like that. And you can play it on to your older. It's just it's, it's wonderful. Oh, man. And that's the thing. These athletes, and that's again why we came out chasing birdies, and we don't want to have those professional golfers because we want to hear from somebody like you or some hockey players or other countries why you enjoy the game of golf i mean you think about it you're the best at what you do music okay and you still love golf and it frustrates people oh, like man. no other i i still grind and struggle with it because i especially when you played at the level that i played at and then and the problem is everybody knows that so they look at me like okay well i mean i'm like yeah i'm not that dude anymore like I can still play, don't get me wrong. And when I get to play oh, in practice, dude, you play. luckily last year I got to play in a couple of champion tours events, and it was incredible to be back mm-hmm. in that arena and that environment. What was that like, nerves? It was. It was different. It was something I hadn't felt in quite a while. I met, uh, because I've played, you know, I've played AT&T, Pebble Beach. That, I, the camera, the light turning red don't scare me at all. I actually kind of like it. I'm actually more into that when the light turns red and people mm-hmm. want to watch or, or or bet or be competitive. I love that. But it, it just – it's such a hard game. I mean, you have to work on it so much. And to get back and play in that arena, when I – you know, like Josh, who you had on early, a lot of guys I play with at home, they're like, I'm, like, I'm shooting 65s and 6s. And so every day at Old Hickory, no, it's a good golf course. Oh, damn I mean, right. it's good. I mean, it's hard. And – but, you know, again, it's still home course, and it's still out there jacking around with dudes, you know, yeah. in a six of them, and there's five different iPods playing the music play, and you're just kind of farting around. Well, now there ain't nowhere to hide. Or playing AT&T, I got Billy Horschel as a partner. I had Kevin Kisner as a partner. You know, whoever, Chris Kirk. I mean, like, I, they can cover me up. I don't, you know, nobody's expecting me to do anything particularly. You step out there now, it's like, there ain't nowhere to hide. Uh-huh. I'm going to have to write this number in this square and everyone can see it. Yeah, right. And that's a different deal. And sometimes you got to get your ego and stuff because there's some guys that have gone out and done it and been like, oh, wow. Like, you can, you can embarrass yourself if you've said, you know, talked a lot about how I can do this, how I can do that. I mean, it's like, well, then you get out there and you're going to see. So, it was cool to be able to break 70. I mean, the running bet is you won't break 80. When you, when you get into a yeah, tournament I mean, like that. I mean, every celebrity journey, but they're like, they're not, they won't break 80. You know, I mean, and there's some guys that can really play Romo and Smoltz and Mark Mulder, some guys, Marty Fish, good players, like legitimately good players. But it's a different thing. When, different. You know, you play in these celebrity things, you go, oh, there's four guys that can beat me. You know, there you're like, uh, everybody in the field can beat me. I mean, yeah. Everybody. And I get back, and they're like, your short game's so good. I'm like, it's the worst out there. Mm-hmm. Like, you realize how good – that should tell you something. Yes, my short game is amazing, just below tour player average. 
but you get out there and you're like, they're all amazing out there. And, and you just got to realize how good those guys are. Well, dude, now you got the champions tour. Daly's on. Mickelson. Mickelson. Sure. I mean, how the hell? Everybody's asking me like, are you going to turn prone? I'm like, do you know who else turns 50 yeah. that I grew up playing with? Ernie Els, Jim Furyk, Phil Mick. I mean, like the list goes on and on of guys that I grew up playing with that have still been playing this entire yeah. time. It wasn't like they took 15 years off and went to sell insurance. I meant like, yeah, no, no, no I they, did that, and I wasn't in golf. Show, you know, I mean, I, you know, it's just it's just hard. So for you, uh, let's say you're at Old Hickory, you show up, you can have any celebrity be your two man partner. At Old Hickory in a money or, game. Like a money game? Who you taking? Ooh. Uh, money game, honestly, I t- there's a there's a good friend of mine, Josh, his name George Burge. George was in a group called uh, Waterloo Revival, and then he, he broke up with that. Now he's a solo artist, Texas kid. Uh, he was actually on the golf team at Texas with Johnny Vegas and those guys. George is young. He's got about 120 club head speed. He's about 6'3". <laughs> yeah, I, I think he should be the best player in the music industry because he's big, strong, and he's 20 years younger than me. Now, I still beat him because I get in his head. I just use things that he can't. I just, just I, just, I just get in there and mess with him and say things. But, man, yeah, I'd probably take George. I'm at, I'm at 6'3 and can swing at 120. He uh. can really play. There's a lot of guys to play, though. I mean, Charles Kelly plays good. Darius is a good player. Jake, Owen is, Jake Owen's got tour-like ability when you say, I mean, he can get it up to 125 or so. I mean, you've played golf club at Tennessee, haven't you? Yes, I don't know if you what you remember about the seventh hole, par five, dog leg left around the water. Jake hit driver nine iron into it last time I played. I've never seen anybody hit less than five. Wow! And so he he played he, at Florida State, right? No, he, or he just went to Florida yeah, State. He, him, he has a twin brother Jared, who was on a full tennis scholarship there. And Jake was going to try to walk on on the golf team and uh, broke his leg water skiing right before he got there. So he went on to school in a cast up to his knee, up to his thigh, and he's sitting in their apartment just kind of waiting on the first semester or whatever to win, and his neighbor had a guitar, and Jake got the guitar and just sitting around the couch started playing it. And oh, she wrote. Made, made, made the right choice. Made the right choice. So, yeah, and then just said, hey, I'm going to Nashville. And it worked out, worked out great for him. So there's a lot of guys. Vince Gill, very good player. A lot of guys can really – really good players now that, in, that play a lot. It's fun. I mean, it's honestly like – and I'm biased because I love golf. Even when I'm playing so bad – which is often. That's not true. Not really I saw often. your action. Not really often. But it's still the game that keeps you wanting to come back for more. I mean, there's nothing like that. Maybe a good woman, but at the same time, golf. Maybe. <laughs> but golf is just always, it's just always going to keep you back, Yeah, man. I mean, you hit that one shot sometimes. You're like, oh, yeah. Nah. There it it's is. always perfect, my, too. My fiddle player, and he's my fiddle player, my tour manager. He's my best friend, Justin David, and He's really working hard on his game. He, uh-huh. I'd say Justin's a 20 or so handicap, but he is working on it, and he wants to be good, same as Josh. But I, I had him out with me down in Florida, and we played, and Mr. Nicholas came out. So, of course, he was – Oh, shit. He, yeah, yeah. yeah, man, he was nervous as a dog shitting peat seeds. I mean, like, <laughs> but he parred all three holes while Mr. Jack was out there. And he was like, I just parred all three holes, Mr. Nicholas. No. And I, I, he took a picture. I said, Mr. Jack, would you take a picture with him? Oh, yeah, sure, Colton. He took this picture. It's like you forget sometimes. I've been lucky to do some things and meet some people and and be around some people that are – to me, they're just buddies of mine, you know. I mean, like I, I, I don't think about it like that because right. they're friends of mine. But you have to remember, like, 
this dude, this is the greatest that's ever laced them up. You know, I mean, the greatest. I mean, he is the greatest, and and he's look at all that he's done just within the game with helping people, and for Justin, that was like an unbelievable deal, and it was so cool. As Gary and I, Gary left the bus after my show that night. He was like, I said, thanks for you know let getting your dad to come out and see, you know, because that was really why I did it. I've been around Mr. Jack a lot of right. times. So, it, 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 again, it doesn't – it's always an honor. Don't get me wrong. I always, I'd never – I'd do whatever to get to stand around him. But, it's you know, for somebody like Justin, it's like this was a huge – Maybe a once in a lifetime deal. Right. Sitting in a golf cart with Jack Nicholas and yeah. watching play a few holes with you. That's that's a that's a big deal. But again, what's what other thing in life can you do that in? Right? Right. Let's let's be honest. We probably never would have met you if it wasn't for golf. Right. And my male modeling career was going pretty good, but I don't know if y'all had me. Underwear on. model, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's under there. I mean, you just gotta cut <laughs> through the fat to get to it. Aww. Yeah, it's under there. You think uh you think we'll see the big cat tiger back on the course? What do you think about that? Hmm. I've been asked that a couple of times lately. Honestly, I don't know. And I've been around Tiger a couple of times. He's a he's a wonder. He's a great guy. Uh, I think very misunderstood in a lot of ways, and obviously a game changer for a world changer. Yeah. Like wow. And it was so nice to see him come back and win again. The game needs uh-huh. Tiger Woods, and to see him smile and having fun on the golf course which i'm not saying he hadn't but to be at that elite level you ask any guy jordan kobe right i mean you have to be extremely selfish you have to be to be the elite i mean you have to be because that's what it requires to be at that elite level and everyone i'm gonna tell you the same thing so there's times like you're enjoying it i think but you're so focused on beating the world that you Sometimes I don't know that you do enjoy it, and, and and he was enjoying it. And I sure hope he does. I hope we see him again. I know a lot of guys that are very close with Tiger, and even they have not really said anything like what the deal is. And it's for me, it's like I just pray that he, whatever it is, that he comes back healthy. If he if he doesn't play anymore, that's all right. He can watch his kids grow up. Oh, yeah. You know, and Charlie, he watched that action at his age, and you go, Whew. well. And, yeah, and, but you don't know. And to be honest with you, I think that that was the uh, the coolest thing about Tiger winning that Masters. You know, being a parent and walking off that green and hugging his son. That it was like the Tiger that you've never seen yeah, before. Again, it, was it was like a, a torch heart pass. Yeah, it I was mean, a heartfelt like, wow, he's a real person. You he's think, a dad, and that's like, the thing. He never did that before. People, when you get to that level, they look at you like you are some kind of different thing. It's like, nah, they're just a person, man. I mean. They got troubles, and uh, he may have a million dollars, but he got problems too. Oh yeah, I some, you, some more problems. Just, yeah, and they're just different kinds of problems, but they're still that doesn't change the fact. So, you know, you think back to him winning it the first time and hugging his dad Earl there, what that was, and it was kind of like that transition. And Charlie, you know, all the all really Tiger's great things he'd done in golf. The kids, he didn't really know about it. He, I mean, he's watched video of it or you watch YouTube, but he wasn't. Yeah, that's my, know what was happening. That's then. exactly my point. So, so now cool. to be able to share that with him and come back at that elite level and it's it's cool. I hope he does come back. I sure do. Game needs him. Sportsbook put out Charlie Woods to win a major like hundred to one or something like that. It's something stupid. Funny came running in my office the other day. I'm like, but this is the last time I'm taking any advice from you betting on a sports figure. I mean, I bet Tiger to win one of the things he came out and and lost. But he's like, you need to put money on Charlie Woods to win a major by the time he's 21. And you know, you look at the odds, and they're they're high, dude. They're I mean, freaking throw a thousand dollars on it. I mean, what I don't know. 
There, I think there's some big money people that will definitely throw some money on that. But I mean, again, you guys grew up playing, both of you guys, collegiate players like myself. We've all seen guys who are like, can't miss. Can't miss. We'll definitely be a tour player. We'll definitely win on tour. And they missed. And then you see guys, you're like, well, I, I beat the crap out of that dude. I mean, like, we, I was doing John McGinnis's show on, on tap. John and I grew up playing together. We, a few years ago, we were talking about uh, Jerry Kelly, who's a great friend of ours. I used oh, to travel man, I love many Jerry tours Kelly, with Jerry. Man. <laughs> and although John McGinnis won, you know, uh, Corn Ferry events and all that, and he played on tour, won probably $2 million. Uh, playing he's like i still think i can beat jerry kelly yeah <laughs> Kelly's won 60 million i was like well you can't but i meant like in your mind you're like hell I yeah jerry i've kelly. done it i've done yeah, it but I mean, it's like uh, you just you know for whatever reason it just didn't work out but i meant uh you know, no, the game man. it's just such a great game i'm excited what you guys are doing thank you very much being a part of it's cool i love it we can't thank you enough man. Oh, it's my pleasure. and uh i was just going to say one last thing about the champions tour it brings me back memories watching like the freddies yeah. Jerry Kelly. And, oh, damn, who was the cat from Maryland? Um, Freddie, Fred Funk. Fred Funk. Yeah, no. Nah, Freddie his, Funk. His son's on tour now. Freddie hits, he could hit it straighter than you could point. I, I freaking. Mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, just like, but it's it's cool to get out there and see some of those guys. Like, I've known a long time, but a lot of those guys I hadn't got to be around, you know, because they were a little bit older than me. So I didn't get, you know, like a Jay Haas. Right. And some of those guys. Yeah. Some of their, Monty, actually, really cool dude. I mean, Mrs. Real, Delphire. Yeah, like really, <laughs> yeah. but like really a nice, really a nice guy. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. Man, they, and they embrace me completely out there because, you know, there's always that little bit of a point of contention of like, what are y'all, I mean, what, what, you're what are you doing? You're, you're, They're big, taking, a you're spot. taking a spot from a yeah. tour player. Like, so I'd been asked in the music business the last 15 years to, to play a couple of different kind of events. And I said no every time. First of all, I couldn't practice enough going into it because I work so much. Second of all, I've been in the position where I've got bumped. Like, I'm not taking a spot on a corn fair event. What if that's the way? I realize it's the sponsor's choice, and that's true. I realize that. But I'm not taking a spot from a guy. Maybe that's the week that he wins. Yeah. Maybe that's the week that he plays just good enough to keep his card mm-hmm. for next year. And no matter what happens, if I caught lightning in a bottle and won – it wouldn't matter. I'm still going back to play music next week. That's yeah. what I'm going to do because yeah. I can't do the work that it takes to play at that level. So when it came to the Champions Tour time, it's like that's a little bit of a different scenario. I didn't mind taking it. But still, you never know. There's always a little bit of those guys going, really? You're letting, you know. I mean, like what Romo did, and probably Tony probably wasn't thinking, but he got in that event knowing that he was hurt. And then withdrew after like three or four holes. That, you're going, dude, you're already a millionaire. You, there's a guy that has been wait that has been here all week waiting on the first tee because he th- and you and you took that guy's spot like no that, do, that no that you took his don't do that yeah don't do just that just withdraw and be just done. bail out and let this kid play I, I don't even remember who it was but it was definitely a, a guy that needed to be right. in the lineup and it's like so it happens but the champion they they were super nice to me and I made sure to even. I like to thank. I like to say thank you to people. It's important. It's kind of a lost art in our world of saying thank you and please. It it pisses mm-hmm. me off that we don't respect our elders yeah. and that kind of stuff. And uh, so I asked the tour. I said, "Can I compose an email? Because I don't. I know a lot of guys, but I don't have everybody's email. And send an email out to these players. And they're like, "For what?" And I said, "I just wanted to tell them thank you 
for allowing me to get out here with them, the way they treated me and know that I have the utmost respect for them. I didn't come out here just to, you know, jack around and go, oh, look at me. I mean, like I was playing like my life depended on it. And, you know, I, I got so many messages back from some guys I didn't know. They were like, that was one of the coolest things we have ever seen. Like, at the end of the day, it doesn't mean shit to them. Right. I mean, it doesn't. Let's just be honest. But it did in a way. And it meant something to me because I didn't take it for granted. I didn't no, take it man. lightly. Like, I was working hard, hard, hard to go out there. And, and again, they, the normal thing is I, I'm sure you won't break 80. And we go there. The day before we get there, it's 90 degrees. The day I pull up and get off my tour bus in uh, South Dakota, it's 54 and raining. I'm like, what, did we make a wrong turn? I mean, what? So the first, I'm already as nervous as I can be getting to play a tour event. Now I don't take my rain suit off till Sunday. Oh, you know, right. I mean, it's like, but the first round I shoot 74 and, you know, is 74 a good plan a tour? No. But for a, for a 51 year old country singer that's playing in the rain in his first event in about 20 years. Hell yeah. It was damn good. I was damn proud. I mean, that's a typical golfer though. I was pissed. Mm-hmm. I was mad because I made a bunch of dumb mistakes yeah. and I'm sitting there going at the end of the day, in my mind, I'm thinking I can compete. I mean, but you have to think that if you don't think you can compete with them, there's no sense of you need to up. stay in oh, the house anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, it was crazy to do that and go, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm mad. Right. And you know, in the last round I shot 71, I think I was mad then too. Like I should have shot, you know, yeah. Cause you start thinking what you could have done. Then you start, you analyze, and you're like, no, mm-hmm. you know what? It was it was pretty dang good for for somebody to right. do. But and and they were all very. They were like, wow, Colt, we didn't like a couple of guys. Like, you got some guys having conversations in the locker room. Like, how the hell did Colt Ford beat ten guys today? Like that truthfully shouldn't happen. Right. I meant you know, but so I still got a little game in there. But oh, you I don't pretend it. for you one second. I don't pretend for one second that I'm on those guys' level and the dedication and practice it takes to do. It's crazy. It's 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 work, son. It's like playing music. It's work. It's work. I meant like I know on stage looks mm-hmm. killer. You see him on the tour, but you're not seeing the guy on the tour that uh, shot seventy seventy one and missed the cut, and he's slamming trunk Friday, spent thirty five hundred dollars in hotel and travel. And ain't got no money. No. And the same with you don't see the guys are out there grinding, playing in front of a bar full of 30 people, hoping that you can turn it into 300 in six months and 2,000 in a year. I mean, that's, you know, you just see the superstars. You go, that's awesome. I'm like, for a lot of my buddies, they do private planes. I, that's great. I don't have that. I mean, but I'm lucky to be out there doing it, and I'm still loving it and loving golf and just trying to just love life, you know. Amen, man. That's awesome. That is awesome. I'm glad to be a part of it. It's great to meet some guys that I feel like we'll be friends for the rest of our life. And I, yeah. to me, that's more important than anything, man. No, I, man. You... I love, I love, I'm a relationship guy. Yep, I absolutely. love meeting the fans. And I got people, fans that I've met 15 years ago. When I, you know, when you just go, I'll shake everybody, I'll talk to everybody, I'll give them my phone number because you, you didn't have anything. There's some that I just, a couple brothers that are about my age that uh, they're two brothers, both the Marines. I met them 15 years ago. I didn't even have a rec- I, I, We were just starting and they both have just been to a show this year. And That's I'm like, awesome. I call them out on stage. I'm like, that guy, been a fan. And now he's my friend. Like I talk to these guys, like they'd show up if I needed them. That's so freaking cool. Yeah. So cool. That's and, that speaks, yeah. and that speaks volumes about you as well as a person because a lot of people get in that limelight and they forget those people. So yeah, man, I my, I'll tell you a quick story. I know we probably need to go. So my mom, when I was growing up, I don't know what I did, but I did something bad, and she reached. I said something. 
I remember her grabbing this cast iron skillet off the stove. And I don't think she was really going to hit me, but I thought she was really going to hit me. I took off out the door, jumped the neighbor's fence, and she came out there. And she's like, all right, you'll be back. I was about 13. So I was out on the West Coast a couple months ago. I get a picture from my mom. It's the black skillet sitting on, the, sitting no. on her stove. I'm like, what? what's up with the black skillet, mom? She's like, just a reminder. I'm like, damn, damn man. man. I ain't done nothing. I'm that's like, awesome. she's just letting me know. She's like, I I'm, still got that's it. Awesome. Don't think, don't think you can ever get – you don't outgrow your raisin, you know. Right, you, exactly. You, you got to be I – don't, I don't like celebrities. I don't care, athletes, whatever, that – man, be humble, be kind. The reason mm -hmm. you get to do this is because of these friggin' fans. So how do you – how are you ugly to them? I mean, mm -hmm. we all have bad days, but – those fans pay the bills, mm -hmm. you know? I mean, like, That's I, it, I just, I can't ever do it. The day that I think that I can't go shake hands, sign autographs, take a picture mm -hmm. at the Waffle House, is the day that y'all probably won't see me no more. Mm -hmm. But right now, I still love hearing those stories. That's awesome. There's good and bad, you know? I mean, I'll hear stories and people come up and go, we love your music. Our son just died. He's 18 years old, got killed in a car crash. And we played your music at his funeral. And you're going, wow. I mean, that's. That's extremely humbling. Mm. For, I mean, so I'm sitting here going, I've been a part. Of, and they said, I just remember that particular story. They're like, mm -hmm. it, it makes us feel like he's still here. And you're just taken back by that. Yeah, I'm going, so mm -hmm. I've been a part of these people's happiest time in their life. And their absolute saddest time burying their child. And something that I wrote means something to him or them and their family. That's why I play music. Man, that's awesome. Soldiers give me stories. They're playing it overseas and stuff. Like, you can keep your Grammys. I'll take that. Yeah, I every day. That's every that's day. That's incredible, that. man. Yeah, and the passion you can see that. I love it, man. I just I love. Um, I realize how lucky I am to get to do what I do. Yeah. So no, you are. I just and you do it I well. Don't, I don't forget that. Well, we uh we can't thank you enough, and and we're gonna transition to one last segment of our show here All called right. the Tap In Segment. Tap in. My, yeah, tap, tap in. Tap, tag. tap, tap in. JP's going to ask you four or five yeah, questions. Yeah, brought to you by Bettinardi Golf. All right. Lowest round in what course? I've shot 63 times in my life uh, at a few different places. Uh, but mainly Athens Country Club where I grew up at, old 26 Donald Ross. I've been lucky to do it a few times. All right. We got somebody standing in the room right now, so don't feel like you have to pick them to this question, all right? Favorite songwriter? <laughs> That's not fair. My boy Josh is standing right there. Honestly, and he wouldn't even be mad. I mean, like, there's so many great songwriters. Right. I don't know how. I don't know how you could decipher between any of them, to be honest with you. That'd be, a, I mean, I, I, I would never be able to say I have. People always ask me, what's your favorite song or the favorite one, favorite course you've ever played? They're all different for different reasons. Yep. You know, you play Pine Valley and you play Augusta. Those are completely separate animals. So different. Well, what is, which one's better? Well, I don't know. They're right. both amazing. Right. Cypress. Yeah. What a, you know, the list goes on and on. I mean, Oakmont right down the road here, right here. They're all different for different reasons. So we'll go with Josh Miranda. Since Josh Miranda, yeah, just go with that. <laughs> Most important person in your life. Wow. Can I also say Josh Miranda? Yeah. <laughs> uh, my parents still, I'm lucky to have both of them. Yeah. I'm lucky to have both of them. Uh, my dad will be 86, the 25th of October. My mom just turned 78. So I, I would say my parents because everything I've done is directly because of the opportunities that they've given me and they went without to give them to mm -hmm. me. So, uh, yeah, but I, 
everybody that's in my life to me is important. important me, yeah. you know? I mean, it's just, I mean, everybody's important. If, if you're my people, you're important. Mm-hmm. So if you call me, I'm going to try to, if I can't stop what I'm doing to get there, I'm going to figure out some kind of way to help you. Except your massage appointment. But, yeah. Um, Except massage appointment. Yeah. Uh, I missed that. <laughs> All right. This is, again, this is another loaded question, but I need, I need an answer from you. Favorite hole in golf. Oh my God. Wow. Again, I, how do you, there's gotta be one though that you're just like, that is my favorite hole in golf that I've ever played. All the golf he's played though. I honestly, yeah, I, I don't know that. I meant 12 at Augusta, 12, 16 at Augusta. Those I mean, are both seven at Pebble is awful good. I, I mean, bet. we could be here till tomorrow morning. Yeah, you mean, I, I could, I don't know how I could ever, I mean, there's again, so many great right. golf holes. Right. I meant, uh, I just, you know, and it, it's just hard to, kind of pinpoint anything i've been lucky to play the best courses in the world and there's so many good ones i i don't know i don't know i'd have to think i don't know that i could when you think about all the places w- your buddy willie robertson would tell him that ain't a tap-in question yeah. nothing requires like three days yeah, yeah, think about it. yeah exactly i mean willie would never know i meant and willie willie plays pretty good he yeah. smokes it he hits it hard doesn't he yeah, he's he's a he's a good dude. Yeah, We've been friends. You know, we did a song together. That's a uh, yeah, yeah. We, we did a song together called "Cut 'Em All," a duck hunting song. And we yeah. shot this video. It's crazy. It looks like a action movie. That's uh, awesome. We were chasing this uh, duck puppet <laughs> around terrorizing the town. It's pretty funny. That's great, man. Well, Colt, we can't thank you enough for making the trek. It was f- fantastic to have you here. We're gonna peg it up tomorrow. We're one and zero as far as I'm concerned. Oh my god! And uh, you, nah, you guys live in fantasy. Like, how do you want to know when I'm not even there? Well, that's what they well, said. They the said problem. you automatically you forfeited. So that's all right. You're gonna get that massage a little later. We'll get you a little go, chicken okay. tenders tonight. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, we're, we're gonna, gonna be coming gonna at it after it. And I just want to say thanks to you guys, both thanks. of you guys. Thanks, I appreciate buddy. it. Hey, I appreciate cold, the time. I love what you guys are doing and this this place. Man, we're so glad you're Man, here. If, Both people, of you. if you get a chance to come to this place, Nemacolon.com. Nemacolon.com. You need to come. Yeah. Visit, do yourself a favor. Come. You're losing if you had never visited this That's spot. Awesome. And there's something for men, women, kids. I mean, like, I haven't seen, I've seen stuff that was great facility for golf or great spa yeah. or something for the kids. Not all together. Right. All you together. got it all together right here. Like, it is phenomenal. What a great, what a wonderful place this is. Special. What? It's special. It's like special, you, Ryan. Like yeah. me. Special. Is so. it? Uh, is it going to be too off color here to get a little cut of Dirt Road Anthem, just like a line? Nah, I meant back in the day, Paws Farm was a place to go. Load the truck up, hit the dirt road, jump the barbed wire, spread the word, light the bonfire, and call the girls. King in the can and a Marlboro man, Jack and Jim and a few good men. Learn how to kiss, cuss, fight too. Better watch out for the boys in blue. I and he it. remembered all the words too. <laughs> we didn't have to switch out the mic. He microphone. didn't tap the mic. Yeah. Nah, I, I remember. Right. You'd think I could remember that uh, one for sure. Thank Shit, you man. all. Chasing birdies. Keep thank chasing birdies, y'all. Amen. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Man, so good. Was that good or what? I think the thing that's so cool about Colt Ford is that he's 53 years old, but he is still chasing birdies in life. In the music world, on yeah, the golf and on course, course, he's chasing the birdies at everything. And the guy wants to do so well at everything that he does. I mean, I can't say enough. The guy is dynamite from top to bottom. Yeah, smart businessman. You know what's crazy? I was thinking about this the other day. You just said 53. And I was like, I told myself, I said, am I, am I 35 years old or have I been on this planet for 35 years? I feel like when you tell someone they're that old, it like creates this box and they're like limited within it. 
So, yeah, Colts 53, but he's been on the earth for 53 years. He knows his shit. But he's chasing slowing him down. He's chasing the young boys down. Exactly. I love exactly. it. Exactly. I love That's it. That's up to and you, brother. He's always looking for opportunities. And uh, a lot of people do not know this, but uh, we went to Average Joe's, the record label that he has created, and uh, toured it a little bit. And again, man, just so cool to walk through those halls, see everybody that works with him, see what he's put his uh-huh. hands on. And uh, our next episode actually is a guy that is under his record label, Josh Miranda. And my oh, yeah. man and I are 2-0 against these yo-yos, Colt Ford and Ryan Bashauer. So I'm undefeated with Josh, and uh, I can't thank my man enough for, for showing up for his tea times and putting heart, all his heart but, into it. What? Listen, that just means there's going to be a rematch. But, That's all that means. All right? Uh, we'll take I mean, any keep, rematch you keep, boys want. Keep chirping over there, bud. All right? Why don't you unbutton that top button? So, yeah, Josh Miranda <laughs> on the next episode of Chasing Birdies. And we hope you all enjoyed listening to this one. Check us out at chasingbirdies.co. we got new t-shirts, new hoodies. We've got hats in the works right now. And uh, Holders and Boren is on there, which has been doing really well. We're restocking a lot of the sizes. Chasing underscore birdies on Instagram. Like us on Facebook. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell your your buddies in your foursome about the yeah. Chase of Birdie Boys. And, uh, yeah, man, and and just keep it going. Just uh, We just want to spread some love to your ears. That's it. Hey, we appreciate all the love. Listening, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Chasing Birdies with Colt Ford. See you in two weeks. And thank you to Simpler Media and Eva for putting this together and Rachel London for all her social media help. Tee it high and let it fly. <laughs>